the drum of plenty comes back for more. Very good. <laughs> All right. You know, for the past few weeks, I've been hearing this phrase, um, different places, different people, and they're always talking about such a time as this and how we are here for such a time as this. And truly, I think this is a very apropos uh, assessment of our position in the, in, the, in the world today. The Lord has chosen us. We have said yes, and we stand before the throne of God as people who are in the right place. And as Brother Les just said, when you're in the right place, it makes all the difference in the world. You, and you said that as well, by the way, that we, you are in the right place. And there's a confidence that comes from that that allows us to stand and not to be moved. And um, when you look around at our society, there's a lot of things that are threatening to move us. There's a lot of things that are happening that just do not make sense, that um, are threatening our, our understanding of civility. And uh, those of us who are seeking the Lord's heart have been labeled as uh, terrorists. We, we are the ones that are causing the problems. And um, I beg to agree with that. We are the ones causing the problems, right? We are not moving. And so when the tide of popular opinion starts to flow, it's going to run up against us. And there's going to be an upheaval. And that's the way God designed it. Because he has established us in our terrios for such a time as this. He wants us to be that point where there is an uh, a rock of alignment. We represent Christ. We represent who he was. And he lives through us. And he is ever interceding from the throne of the Father on our behalf. So that we get it. So that we are the ones standing. Brother Ron. I'm sorry. Pastor Ron. I'm sorry. Apostle Ron. The guy over there with the glasses. I don't know what to call him anymore. <laughs> My friend. Um, he shared what the, uh, what he called the scholastical community is, is printing and teaching. And um, it was mind-numbing. Um, you know, back in the day, all we had to worry about was um, evolution and um but this is so openly demonic. You know, this, this is something that uh, is astounding. It's, it's a shock to the senses. But rather than be in despair, we are trusting God for his perfect plan. And where all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And, of course, the key is for them who love the Lord. Because when you love the Lord, you want only what God wants. So all things work together for what God wants. And that's how we are approaching the days and the times that we are in. And this is how we are functioning 
in such a time as this. So the tax before us as the army of Jesus following him to the fray where the light is overcoming the darkness, it is necessary for us to face the fact that we are going to be in warfare. We are going to be the people who are going to cause there to be resistance. And we are to be this resistance on behalf of the Father. God is not wanting us to be ignorant about this. And he has been telling us about this throughout the years as we've read the word. We just didn't know how it was going to look. And suddenly we're seeing things starting to shape up that look a lot like what we read in Revelation and in Daniel. So, any doubt that you have that you're ready for this, any doubt that you may be harboring that, that you don't have what you need to be who God wants you to be, I want to help you overcome that this morning by calling our attention to the conversation that Uncle Mordecai had with his niece, Esther. And this, of course, is in the book of Esther. And this is where I find our scripture this morning. Now, I had some difficulty last night with my computer. So as I was trying to put all my scriptures on the page, I only got one down. But not to fear, I only had one more. It's, it's still a, a short teaching sheet. But uh, Mordecai, Uncle Mordecai, was encouraging Esther not to be silent. And this was a commission that we heard this week. Don't be silent. We are here to voice the purpose of the Father. We are here to declare what the Father tells us to declare. We are the ones that the Lord has positioned so that we are going to encourage people. You are going to be as Mordecai. You are going to be talking to those who are looking at their situation and wondering what they should do. We have been given that encouragement so that we can speak life into people. Mordecai was about reminding Esther who she was. You know, it's interesting as um, we, we look at the backstory of how uh, Esther uh, got to where she was. Um, she was, uh, she was established as queen towards the end of the 70 year captivity of Israel and Babylon. And, um, in fact, the first group under the leadership of Ezra had already gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Uh, it was 40 years later after the temple was built that Esther was made queen of Persia. And as the queen, uh, she had to make a, a significant choice for the kingdom of the Father that ultimately made it possible for Nehemiah, 28 years later, to start to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and pave the way for the coming of Jesus. That right there, that, that understanding just gives me so much fortitude to know that what I do, what I say, has eternal value. And it will manifest in years to come. 
and there will be perhaps record or maybe no record at all, but in heaven there will be an understanding that my faithfulness to the purpose of God, to be in the time that was made for me to do what I was supposed to do, brought forth the kingdom. So part of this message this morning is to remind us of how significant each one of you are in God's kingdom. Never underestimate your responsibility for what God is doing in these last days. You are not a victim. You are, you are the one who is causing problems for the enemy. The enemy is out to scrub you out. He, he wants you to disappear. He doesn't want to have to deal with you. And so if he can discourage you, if he can put doubt in your mind, then he will have succeeded in getting us off track. The other part of this message is to guide us into how we are to handle what God has given us for such a time as this. So here's, here's what led up to Mordecai's talking with Esther. Now, <clears throat> Uh, King Akashverosh, say that ten times real fast. Akashverosh uh, had a queen named Vashti, and she was a pill. She liked messing with Akashverosh, Vashti, Vashti. One of those people in there. Fire! Okay. Um, that's just a reset. It's good. So, um, and uh, he had a he had a banquet, and uh, she didn't want to come, and so he got rid of her. And um, long story short, he put out a, a decree across the provinces and said, I need a queen. Send me all your maidens and I'll choose one. Well, of course, Esther was the choice. She was absolutely gorgeous. She did everything right. And um, um, so she was queen for about five years before this incident came up. Now, her uncle was a pill too, Mordecai. He, he was a rebel. He was one of those blump, bumps in the road for the opposition as you are to be. And um, Haman, who was the second in command, uh, he, he was full of himself. And he thought that everybody ought to pay him homage. And everybody did except for Mordecai. Mordecai was standing on the purpose of God and would not bow to a man in worship. Now, this is not saying you can't bow and respect. This is, this is talking about that laying yourself down and worshiping. Okay, he would not do that. And so um, uh, Haman uh, tricked Akashvera to, to, to sign a paper that said that all the, uh, um, all the governors of the land and the provinces had permission to kill all the Jews in their province. Because he had convinced the king that these Jews were trouble, which they were. So, 
Mordecai got wind of this, the edict that had been sent out, and he went to King, uh, Queen Esther. And he says, you've got to do something about this. This is not good. So we come to this, this conversation that he had in Esther 4, 13 through 14. And I'm going to have verse 16 later on. So just if you want to have your Bibles ready to look at that, that's where my, my uh, computer stopped. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with, uh, with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou uh, altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlightenment and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This was an extreme challenge for Esther because she had to put her identity on the line for God's purpose. If she didn't, there was death. And if she did, there was death. Now, since she had been queen for five years, she had seen how the court ran in, in the king's uh, palace. If, if you came in unannounced and he did not hold his separate scepter out to you, then you would just die right there in the court. There were, there were people assigned to take you out. And I assume that this was probably uh, his way to keep the chariot, uh, um, what I want to say, it ruins the whole joke when you forget the word you're trying to say, you know? <laughs> uh, it was a good one, too. <laughs> you know, you're always getting these calls. They want to up your uh, uh, warranty on your car. I was looking for the word warranty. So he did this to keep those guys from coming into his court and wanting to sell him more insurance. But on bumps. <laughs> okay, more fire. <laughs> All right. So um, Esther knew this very well, as many had died in the presence of the king because they had not come in, and he was he was kind of a picky guy who he let into his court. He even even his wives, uh, even his queens, he, he would only invite them, and they only came when he invited them. And if you didn't get invited, you just stayed in whatever you were. And so to come before him uninvited was sure death, unless for some reason he would tip his staff towards you. So Mordecai confronted her with this possibility. He said, this, this is something that has to be taken care of. It will either be by you or somebody else. But if it's not by you, don't think you'll escape this edict. And not only you, but your family is going to die as well. So you can understand how Esther was feeling at this particular time. She was, she was caught between a rock and a hard place. And finally... After she 
went to the Lord and fasted and prayed, she had this resolve. And this resolve was, if I perish, I perish. And I think this is something that has come to us for this particular time that we have to realize is that whatever God is going to do with us, we need to receive it. And if we perish, we perish. We are here in his service. We are here at this particular time to be used of him in such a unique way that whatever it will Whatever happens to us will bring forth what God is doing. And, I, and that's, that's the encouragement. To be where we are supposed to be is to be able to bring forth what God, hap, what God is wanting to do. And it doesn't make any difference how that happens for us. We submit to that. You know, we, we, we have taught many times about dying to self. What does that mean? And that, that is exactly this. If we perish, we perish. We, we, we die to that, that urgency to preserve ourselves, to keep ourselves in comfort, to keep ourselves from any type of unnecessary suffering. So we are looking at a time where it's become uncertain. Uh, we don't know how it's going to end up. We see, you know, through the scriptures that it it's, can get worse. And we are seeing that more and more our situation is looking more and more like what the scriptures are talking about. And so we are, we are commissioned to represent the Father. And that means that when we offer something, when we, when we pick up a, a challenge, when we, when we are moving into something that, that is uh, um, going to change some things, we have to be certain that this is our time. That we are functioning on behalf of what God has planned and not to preserve something of our own. We are about the kingdom. And so this is how we counsel people. This is how we are to help people understand what God wants from them. And the message that it's all going to get great, you're going to have fun in the kingdom of God, you know, that's, that's a spiritual message that um, it doesn't always ring true. <laughs> you know, the kingdom of God is about what God wants, and that means that there is going to be things that are going to be unpleasant. There's going to be times where there's going to be um, darkness that we just don't see how it's going to turn out. And that's why we have to stand. We can't be moved back and forth trying to, trying to improve our position. Because the more we move, the less we achieve. There has to be timing. You know, many of us in the playground in school had this game of jump rope where you'd have two twirlers and you'd have a line of participants and everybody for the first time through you jump once and walk out. You ever done that? Anybody done that? 
The next time through, you jump twice and then walk out. Next time through, you jump three times and walk out. And if you were off on timing, that rope would catch you right in the neck. Or it'd tangle your feet and you'd just, you know, eh. And then you'd have to be the twirler. Being the twirler wasn't that much fun. So, you know, the twirlers were always tricky. You know, they try to catch you when you're going through. But it's a timing issue where you have to gauge what's going on at that particular moment. And you have to see and know that God has placed you there. And when your time comes, you move. And I, I think the old he, uh, adage, who, he who hesitates is lost, is applicable here. We've got to be ready to move. We've got to be able to see what God's doing, judge and assess the timing of it, realize when it is our turn, and move quickly. Because what? The timing of God is perfect. We need to trust him. Because he has placed us where we are going to have the best time. I'm having a good time, you. <laughs> God's heart is for us to function in that place that he has prepared for us to cause the rooms that he has prepared to function according to his overall plans. So this choice that Esther made was not done lightly. And she called for the whole country to fast for three days and to pray and she guaranteed that her maidens and her were going to join them in this time of fasting and praying and um, this brought them to a point where they were ready to accept what God wanted to do and I think this is very interesting in, in the, um, the 16th verse, which didn't get on your sheet. This is what she said. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shashan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink thee three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise and shall go. I will go in unto the king which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. You see, many times what God is going to ask us to do is not going to be in accordance with what everybody expects. And so we're going to risk our identity for the purpose of the Father. Now, the interesting thing was, is how God gave her strategy. Because she had determined she was going to go to the, to the king. And so the strategy that she had was, um, first of all, the, she walked into the king. Well, she stood out in the courtyard and just stood there. And the king noticed her. So she wasn't going, king, I got to talk. No, she was just standing there. And he lowered his scepter for her. And she came in and he said, what do you want? What's your request? I'll give you up to half my kingdom. And she says, Oh, nothing. Let's, I just wanted to invite you over for dinner. So um, she said, oh, by the way, bring, your, bring Haman along with you. Now, there had been a lot of history with Haman and Mordecai, and, and uh, Haman had actually built some gallows to hang Mordecai on, and it was just before that happened that, that Esther had gone in to the king. And uh, 
So King said, yeah, that'd be great. Let's go. And, and you know, Haman was like, oh, this is good. I'm getting on the good side of the king. Now, you have to know that to this point, Esther had not told the king who she was. He hadn't, she hadn't told him that she was a Jewess and that her uncle was Mordecai. And so Haman was thinking, now I can do what I want because I've got the queen and I've got the king and they're all inviting me to eat with them. That's a good thing, right? So she had dinner, had lots to drink. And it was fun. And, and uh, king says, uh, okay, Esther, what do you want? I'll give you half the kingdom if you need it. And she goes, oh, well then, will you come tomorrow night for another feast? And he said, sure, and bring Haman with you. And Haman is really feeling joyful at this time. It says he was just uh, telling all of his friends, I am in close with the king and the queen. We can get what we want done. See, Haman was really wanting to take over. And so he was seeing this as his opportunity. So I just was so amazed as I read this story of how God was, was setting things up because it wasn't about um, just rescuing the Jews. It wasn't about her staying alive. Uh, it wasn't about saving her family. It was about purifying the kingdom. God had set her at that point to purify, to bring light into darkness. And so all that was given to her to do by the Father was designed to bring about this uh, conviction of Haman and a restoration of the, the purpose that God had set in motion for Jerusalem to be rebuilt. God was faithful in his promises. He wasn't going to allow this captivity to keep going. And he was using these pagan kings to fund the work of rebuilding his city. And so Haman was going to be that effort by the enemy to stop the work. And so the strategy of the father for Esther was to create a, um, a trust between her and the king, a desire for the king to, to give her whatever she wanted. And then at that last supper, interesting term, she opened up truth to the king. And uh, the king was so mad, he stormed out. He said, I can't, you know, it's like, Haman, you've done this? Because she revealed that she was part of the Jewish people that were going to be killed, her family, which included Mordecai. And the king previously had been reading through the chronicles of the kingdom and, and saw how Mordecai had done so many good things that he had Haman honor him, which really ticked Haman off. And uh, so you can understand the, the, the angst, the, the anger that the king was feeling when he found out that this was a, a skullduggery of Haman to take over the kingdom and to destroy uh, his, his queen. And uh, so while the king was out, Haman took advantage of the situation and began to, to plead for the queen to save his life. And, and he was kind of hanging over her and, and just 
kind of forcing himself on her. Uh, right at that moment, that's when the king returned. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> right then, justice was swift and sure, and the gallows that were meant for Mordecai supported Haman. This, this concept of our partnership with the Father is really about how we are listening, how we are um, uh, looking for his heart so that we understand the creative measures that he is prescribing for us for such a time as this. And we have received some startling information this week. We have received some powerful instructions, and it, is, it is, has to go back with us. We, you know, we, we are, since we have heard, we have become responsible. You know, part, of, part, of the, 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 um, part of what the Lord is having us do when we go into these different countries is to get the, um, the, the indigenous people to take responsibility for the kingdom, for the message of the saints, to begin to teach it, to begin to, to participate in it. And it's no less for each of us. This is, this is how we are to be hearing these messages. We, you are the indigenous people. You, know, you live out there, and it is your responsibility to demonstrate and to participate with the Father in the creative measures that he is using to bring purity, to bring light into not just your, your city, your, your um, uh, state, but your your, uh, your, your, your society, your community, your, your house, um, those that you see day to day in your workplace. There is creative measures that God is, being, uh, is assigning to you, if, and, and we need to be listening. And part of this is to be fasting, is to quiet ourselves, is to, is to die to self, to deny the... the, um, um, the, the uh, supply of the daily things that we we use to to focus and so you know fasting is not just not eating but it is focusing it is giving ourselves to a specific time where we listen where we hear uh, and where we uh, uh, obey because God is going to give us creative measures that will bring about what It'll bring about the cleansing. It'll bring about the purity. It'll bring about the light. And, and this is what people will see. And, and this is what will cause people to begin to process and to see themselves functioning in a different way. To see themselves as those who should be seeking after the heart of the Father. And not just trying to glean things here and there that, that please them. But to be the ones who are... Uh, in relationship with God. And uh, so in this instance, we become Mordecai's. We become those who are, are, are giving that directive for such a time as this. You know, it is, you know, what are you going to sacrifice your life for? Something that brings death or something that brings life?
Pardon me, I have to edit while I go here. I crossed out so many things. I think the message I, I, I really feel the Lord has for us is to be ready. Is to be ready to, to partner with him in such a way that what he wants will occur. And we have to be ready to perish. We have to be ready to, to give whatever it is and not look for a way out. Not look for the escape. But say, okay. This is what needs to be, and this is what I will do. And I declare this over us this morning that this is going to be our heart. This is our purpose. This is our, our time to move with the Father for such a time as this. We are going to be speaking to many Esthers. And we are going to be responding to the word that God gives us as Esther. So there's kind of a dual uh, identity here. But as we respond, we give. And we have to know we are supposed to be fulfilling the kingdom of God no matter what. So I thank the Lord for such a time as this. And no matter what comes... I am going to thank the Lord because when I am where he has placed me, then that time is perfect. Amen. And one last thing. If you find yourself in the wrong place, all you got to do is turn around and the way out is there. This is the, this is the concept of our, our repentance. Where we find ourselves in that place and we think, what am I supposed to do? When we hear the Lord, he shows us the path. And we, with his strength, will move according to his ways. It's always going to be our choice. God is calling us to go deeper with him. We are here for such a time. To go deeper with him. Amen. Father I thank you. For the story of Esther. I thank you for the encouragement. That gives us. To know that we have. Been designated. For specific times. For specific seasons. And that you are giving us those creative measures. That we need. To stand. And to cause your glory to come. From the terrios in which you have placed us. Father, I speak life into every situation in this house that is represented and every situation that is uh, represented by those who are listening online. Father, I, I speak light into them. I speak light into us that as we go, that we would be in the place that your assignment to, to bring clarity, to bring understanding, to bring encouragement. And to expand what you are trying to do, or what you are purposed to do in this kingdom on earth. May it be as it is in heaven, as we continue to listen to you, Father, and to know your heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
Amen.